Okay, I've got a question. What do a laminated family recipe, an awkward teenage flashback, and writer's block have in common? Well, somehow, believe it or not, they're all key plot points in 2022's A Kismet Christmas. We've got a lot to talk about, Josh. We absolutely do, Jennifer, and we'll unwrap it all on this episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? Hi friends, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Josh, and welcome back for another episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? And Jennifer, I think we've got a pretty good one on our hands for this episode. The buzz around this one was not as much on the front end, but since then, it's all I've heard about in the hoods. The, Tell me more. The regions of the interwebs. People are just loving it. They were very surprised pleasantly about it, and they're really eating it up, much like a well. cookie. Much like a cookie, much like a cookie that you have to chase down because there's tradition and legend and mystery and maybe a little magic connected to it. Just a pinch. Hmm. Yeah, just a pinch. But before we get into it, we wanted to remind folks about our website, Jennifer, that we want folks watching these along with us, right? Yes. Yeah, so we have graciously to help the people, you know, we're givers. We have made a spreadsheet that if you go to our website at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com, there'll be one of those, what are they called? The movie clackers. Do they have a name? Mm, yes. A clapboard, maybe one of those action boards, one of those things. Action things. Yeah. If you click on that, it will take you to a link to download all 20 movies that we are watching and reviewing this season. And you can check them off as we go along. It has premiere dates, network names, all that. And then you can also fill out your own score and kind of play along and see if we agree with your opinions. And you and know what I might don't. even... Yeah. And you know what I might even think might be fun? If people wanted to record themselves on their cell phone, giving us like a 30 second snapshot, they should just email it to us and we could fold it in to the podcast and get a little bit of viewer feedback in on this too. You should. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If you also go to our website and you click on the little, I think it's a envelope or a letter logo, it'll give you our uh, email address. Do you watch what I watch at gmail.com? Yeah, we'd love to hear it's from long. folks. We know, but yes. Yeah, I mean, that's- <laughs> We would, that'd be so fun. That's what you get, yeah. All <laughs> right, so let's hear the IMDb and then we will get into the conversation. What's the plot summary here, Jennifer? So a children's author reconnects with her hometown, family, and teenage crush while confronting a legend that may actually be true. Now, you actually were the one who drafted this when we did our big draft episode. What was it about this description? Because this is pretty vague here. What was it about this description that peaked up your little elf ears? Elf ears did not peak based on the description. It was purely because of Sarah Ramos. I mm. was a big Parenthood fan. And I also listened to the Gilmore Guys podcast, which talks about Gilmore Girls. And she was big on that as a guest from time to time. So it's only because of her. That's the only reason. The leading lady. <laughs> has she done any of these movies before or is this her sort of yeah first i think foray? this is the first one i think this is the first one and spoiler alert i think she did a great job but this synopsis it says reconnects with her hometown it's not her hometown no it's not her hometown <laughs> seems like kind grandma of an Mia's oversight it's grandma hometown. mia's hometown exactly now yeah. she has connections here because 
we find out in the movie and we'll get into it that she goes here every summer blah 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 when she was growing up so but yeah i caught on to that too and i thought ow come on guys this is hallmark get it together yeah let's try a little harder whatever let's get into it So the movie opens with Sarah Grace. She's played by Sarah Ramos. So at least we don't have to do any uh, <laughs> confusing name changes there with the Sarah thing. Um, she is an author and she's reading to a bunch of kiddos at a bookstore with a preview of her second book. And I guess it's a seemingly popular series or they want it to be. And they had this big contest um, for all the kiddos to see whoever won and submitted their ideas um, to, I guess her publisher. Sarah Grace would travel to their town and meet the child and kind of hang out with them at the holidays. So it's announced that Sarah Grace is going to travel to New Britain, Maine, and she's not happy about it. Oh, so that's where New Britain is. I never picked up on what state this is, but Maine. Okay. Yeah, so it all starts starts basically in this Barnes & Noble. And early on, we get this, and we said it in the open, we get this really awkward flashback. What did you think about this flashback, Jennifer? I wrote this flashback montage is da 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 something. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a little skeevy at first because so it has grown adults playing awkward teenagers and they, you know, put braces on them, change their hair and their clothing to kind of and put a little filter on the screen to make sure you know that it's not current day. But so I didn't love the montage. I thought it was a little jarring, but I guess we needed it because we had to tell the story somehow. But yeah, did we need so it with them? We... Could we have casted other people? Hmm, yeah, that's a great question because it seemed to me like the montage went on really long for what it was trying to do because it was trying to set the scene that she was in her grandma's kitchen and grandma has this recipe that's connected to their family and this house for these kismet cookies and people come from all over town because the legend behind the kismet cookie is if you put it under your pillow you will sleep and dream of your true love and that will be exactly what happens here so of course she's how old do we think she is at this time like 16 17 years old in this flashback yeah something like that Mm -hmm. that. anyway so she she sneaks one of these kismet cookies because apparently must be 18 or 21 to participate in the kismet i don't know whatever yeah you have to be able to buy cigarettes or alcohol before you're allowed a kismet cookie (laughs) (laughs) so she grabs one of these and she puts it under a pillow and she dreams about the boy across the street right travis Mm -hmm. travis exactly and prior to her doing all of this she has of course a run-in with travis and there's obviously some flirty tension there and the two of them very clearly like each other so you know if you're a 16 17 year old girl and you have this flirty run in with a boy of course you're probably going to dream about him but we're led to believe it's because of the kismet cookie that she dreams about him all night long she wakes up the next morning which is christmas morning mind you and storms across the street basically walks right into his house and he's getting married just right there in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, it was a very awkward moment and a weirdo plot twist for me out of the gate with this one. 
And see, I didn't even think Travis was flirting with her in the flashback. I thought he was more treating her like little sister. Oh. We've grown up around each other when she visits Grandma Mia, that kind of thing. I could. So see I was it, yeah. cringing even before she went across the street because I thought, girl, she didn't. He didn't like you. I just was worried for Sarah's heart. And yeah. And I was right. Yeah, and so he's obviously like, it's not going to happen. She runs across the street and is downtrodden in the worst way. She grabs the kismet cookie recipe and rips it up violently. It was, it was a very teen angsty moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was a, it was a choice. So after that, um, we kind of come out of the, um, the flashback and we learn that she hasn't been to New Britain since then and Travis moved away but his parents still lived across the street from Grandmommy I guess so she's not really excited about going to New Britain but she also is um, in charge of finishing writing book number two because Benny is her agent and he's kind of hounding her to get to work on wrapping up this second story and she has writer's block problematic so apparently she's going to hopefully go here, do the appearance that she needs to related to the book. And I guess they want you to think that she's sort of like a J.K. Rowling. Is that sort of the implication here that she's... I guess so. She has a big, you know, young adult cult following. It's kind on. of yeah. that sort of a vibe anyway. So she goes off to New Britain and she shows up to her grandma Mia's house Grandma Mia looks exactly the same as she did from the flashback. So they didn't necessarily do a great job of making her appear all that much older. Although, you know. I think that's just, she's played by Mary Lou Henner and Mary Lou Henner hasn't aged as long as I've been alive either. Well, touche, exactly. Must have an excellent skincare routine. (laughs) Something, Grandma Mia has got it going on. Yeah, it must be the kismet. It's the kismet is what it is. Oh, it's the kismet. It's the kismet, yeah. So Grandma, of course, has some crazy gal pals who are there. And I don't know, Jennifer, did you recognize one of these gal pals? Oh, should I have? Was she in Pumpkin Pie Wars? Exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it at the time, but as soon as you said that, I see, I tried to block that movie out from my memory. Oh, it wasn't I... at the forefront. Oh. Is that some shade? That feels like some shade right there. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Noted. But now anyway. that you say that, I, I'm so glad to have seen her again. She is good in that kind of role. Yeah, she is. So they all go to a Charles Dickens shindig downtown, and we get a lot of Charles Dickens apparel and references and moments throughout this entire movie. This is clearly a small town in Maine that loves them some Charles Dickens Christmas vibes. Do you think they share the costumes from We Wish You a Married Christmas? Because last week's episode also had some Dickens attire. Without a doubt, they're sharing costumes because... Those are some expensive looking garments to create and maintain. So they are without a doubt sharing these costumes between these. Yeah, there's no polyester there. It's some thick, sturdy material. Sturdy materials throughout. Yeah. So they go to this whole shindig so that Sarah can announce the big winner of this contest. And it's this girl. It turns out her name is Jasmine, also known as Jazzy, which I thought was kind of a cute nickname. Oh, oh, you liked it? I, I kind of cringed did. every time they said Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we can agree she to disagree up, on that. I think we will agree to disagree. And so she wins the contest and her dad, of course, is Travis. So 
we early on learn that her one-time love interest, even though he may not have felt the same way in the moment, is now very much involved in her modern day situation, which by the way, the moment that he sort of reveals that he knows who she is, is perhaps the cringiest moment in this entire thing. <laughs> Did so you think creepy. so? Yes, uh, I wrote it and highlighted it. So he is dressed up as Father Christmas. And so he has Santa his, Claus, the weird for kinda, those of us who are yeah, not fancy. Santa Claus, fake beard. <laughs> well, they call him Father Christmas, that's why I wrote down. And so he turns and creepily says, I remember that smile. Hey, Sarah Bear. It was so creepy. So think for a second, if you've not heard a nickname or seen a one-time love interest in what, maybe 15, 20 years at this point, maybe? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just this creepy blast from the past in this voice. I mean, I can understand how creepy that would be for somebody. So creepy. I mean, the only saving grace is that she is in that town, so he was already on her mind. Imagine if she was like in New York or Chicago and that happened. You would be like stranger danger. Who is this person? <laughs> it wouldn't the dots would not have connected for me. But no. Not Sarah at all. Bear and Travis are reconnected and she gets freaked out and she's like, Big I can't time. deal with this. This is too much. And she debates leaving to go home. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. But then Travis and Jazzy come over to Grandma Mia's house and kind of convince her to stay and give it a go for the holiday season. And they do this because he shows up with her favorite treat roasted chestnuts have you ever no there's no way roasted chestnuts are anybody's favorite treat ever i don't think i've ever eaten a chestnut is that uh, or water chestnuts are those the same thing like those big things that come in the planters mix at the holidays i have i have no idea i don't know but my point if being yeah, yeah it's a stretch it's a stretch yeah <laughs> they really just went down the rolodex what food is mentioned in christmas carols uh, figgy pudding mm-hmm. no cookies too bland uh, roasted chestnuts let's go with that right they're just trying to check a box here and he's obviously trying to have this very serious conversation with her still dressed in his santa claus costume mind you at this point so it's mm-hmm. just i can't take him seriously in all of this and she decides that she's going to help jazzy with jazzy's book project which basically involves collecting books to give away and all of this and of course she's kind of like an angel tree for sounds like it yeah like you you can pull a name off of a tree and that's if you can kind of fulfill somebody's wish for a book which i thought was a very sweet idea very sweet for her at her age um to think of that kind of thing i thought that was cute so she deserved to win go jazzy go jazzy jasmine (laughs) if you don't like the nicknames so grandma decides to take Sarah. So grandma Mia takes Sarah to Patsy's candy corner. And Patsy is one of her gal pals that's been in this town for a very long time. And Patsy, by the way, is an actress who was in pumpkin pie. One of my classic favorites from season one of do you watch what I watch? Obviously Jennifer disagrees so, on that. I mean, obviously at the end of this season, we're going to have to do a super ranking, won't we? We'll just oh, kind of have sure. a power ranking of all the movies <laughs> from season one. <laughs> like it's NCAA football. (laughs) Everybody will be clamoring for that, I'm sure. (laughs) Pumpkin Pie Wars. Is it currently your first, your top choice? I don't know. Maybe. Although October Kiss might be might be up there too. I mean yeah we've had some we digress. Moving on. Yeah anytime Sarah and the biddies, the the old lady biddies in town are together, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm I'm there for it. 
they definitely had good chemistry. You could tell that they were having a good time making this movie, but they have some cheesy lines too. One of them is this, if there's no love, there's no magic. Cause they're talking about the kismet and the cookies and the whole nine yards, whatever. And so the gals go for tea. The mayor of this town shows up and flirts with Patsy and they convince Sarah to be a part of this scavenger hunt that they're doing in town the next day. So we're gonna get a scavenger hunt montage at some point too. Love it. Here yeah. for it. So we cut to the library and there's more, well, I guess it's actually a bookstore, right? Yeah, I think something, so. yeah. a place with books, yeah. <laughs> and we get some flirty chat between the two of them. They're unpacking their history for Jazzy. And so, I thought this was, I wrote this down. This is really a cheesy line. You were the reason I got my first library card, is what he yeah. says to her. <laughs> I mean, I, that's some kind of influence, I guess. That she, I guess she's so. really impacted his life. I love Not enough reading. to have like actually tried to date her back in the day. <laughs> but... I mean, God forbid. <laughs> right? Seriously. So cup to the scavenger hunt which lasts all of what 45 seconds it's like they wanted it to be a plot point but didn't really want it to be a plot point it must have had a scene yeah I it kind so. of fell flat a little bit yeah oh well yeah so the big question throughout the early part of this movie is should they revive the whole kismet cookie tradition because of course sarah ripped up the recipe and now you've got Patsy who's looking for love. You've got Sarah who's looking for love. You've got potentially other people in town who are looking for love. Should they revive the Kismet cookie tradition? You're telling me Grandma Mia couldn't remember any part of the recipe to reconnect or to, because didn't she say she kind of just put ingredients in as she felt like she didn't really measure anything. You're telling me she didn't have any recall of this magical recipe after Sarah Bear ripped it up. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. I thought the exact same thing. I thought it was a little far-fetched to think that she wouldn't be able to remember it if it was, as you said, just so kind of willy-nilly. And she did remember it and she just didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) She's like, the price of ingredients have gone up. I'm going to Aldi. I'm trying to source all this stuff and all these scoundrels just barge in my house, steal my cookies, and then I'm left with nothing. Right? The amount of butter that goes into these things. I mean, they're like million dollar Kismet cookies probably. Yeah. Yeah. So cut to the town square. She runs into Helen. Now, Helen is a woman in the flashback who stopped by Grandma Mia's house to pick up a Kismet cookie and used it. And in present day, Helen's like, hey, look, over there, that's the man I dreamt about. He's now my husband, and now we have two babies. And it's sort of this full circle moment that says, aha, mm-hmm. the Kismet cookies work. So. Yep. Cut I back. just gotta wonder, so do, do these people never dream about anybody until they have the cookie <laughs> under their pillow? <laughs> like, I have a lot of people going to my dreams, not in a loving way, but just like, People are always traipsing around in my dreams and there's no cookie under my pillow. That's exactly right. Maybe, or is it the point that the cookie then allows you to assign a meaning to it that otherwise would just be a normal dream? I guess so. I that's know. some kind of Cupid cookie kind of shenanigans there. And how comfortably are you going to sleep if there's actually a cookie? And mind you, it's not a cookie. It's like a cookie with a gift bag with like a bell on it. There's a whole thing. It's like a You're velvet pouch that is kind of like that crown royal bag. Like <laughs> with the booze. You've ever it's like a smaller version of that. With this yeah. cookie. With like a Christmas tree 
stuck on the front of it kind of thing. Beard on it or something. Yeah. yeah. Not... Not how long before Hallmark starts selling these bags, do we think? Oh, for sure. And are we to think that they're just picking up these little satchels for these things at, I don't know, Michael's, Hobby Lobby, something like that? Or are they making that in addition to the cookies? you order them in bulk or has Grandma Mia been making them all along? That'd be another reason that... I would stop the tradition be like, oopsie doodle, she ripped the recipe. Shop's closed. Go. I'm not making any more velvet bags. Forget it. Right? Or do you find those on, say, Oriental Trading? Or do they just magically appear? I have questions. More I questions, have questions than answers. That, that only continues. I know, <laughs> right? So cut to this book wrapping scene that we get because, of course, Jazzy isn't just collecting the books. They've actually got to wrap these books, too, as part of their whole giveaway endeavor. And so we get Sarah confessing that she's uninspired about her writing effort, right? And, and she says, says, if I'm not a writer, I don't know what I am. Crisis of consciousness for her, for sure. Yeah. It's not be, you can't have your whole identity tied to that, Sarah Bear. It's going to be okay. Get it together, Sarah Bear. You are so much more than what you do. That's Ugh. right. Exactly. Find what's really in your... See, we should be writing these things is what it comes down to, Jennifer. Maybe that's how we finally make money on this endeavor is we actually think... start writing Hallmark Christmas Yes! <laughs> I think Sarah Bear needs some therapy. <laughs> she does. Okay. She needs therapy, not necessarily a kismet cookie. Yeah. Anyway, he says that he's her oldest friend and then they eat fudge is what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> There's a lot of fudge. There's a lot of fun. I think every Hallmark movie has one snack, too, that they're really set on. They're like, we're going to feature a lot of the... I did hear somebody else say that we referred to, on We Wish You a Merry Christmas, we called it macaroons. And I think it's macarons. Anyway. Macarons are the cookie. <laughs> macaroons have the coconut on top, I think. And so... Oh. If anybody was cringing in their car listening to me say macaroon a thousand times, I don't eat either, and I'm sorry. Well, that's just the West Virginia in us coming out, isn't it? <laughs> when are we going to get some pepperoni rolls? Up in right, the come on. Get me some Kala Cessnos, pepperoni rolls, Country Club Bakery. That's exactly what Tudor's we need to Biscuit do. Tudor's Biscuit World. Tudor's Biscuit World. Come on. Tudor, they should sponsor Tudor's. the podcast. <laughs> Brought Maybe to you by Tudor's Biscuit World. <laughs> oh, we can only dream. All right. right. That's that's a very deep cut for our West Virginia listeners. But anyway, deep cut. We'll <laughs> tag them on the post. Maybe they'll start listening. Maybe they'll sponsor us. And then we will wear Tudor's t-shirts on our YouTube channel every time. <laughs> no problem with a Tudor's t-shirt. Our face glistening with buttered biscuit. Come always, on. always. That's a Merry Christmas right there. Oh, I love it. I love okay, it. Okay, so, so Sarah Mira has writer's block. And so they're sitting at the end of the pier. Uh, we learned that Travis works for the Forestry Service, and he's in his full regalia from that. And there's always this back and forth throughout the movie that one throws a snowball at the other because it's kind of just their their thing, I guess. Of course. Yeah. And we so, learned that he has been divorced a while. Yeah. Which and I'm his glad they cleared that name, up. I was so glad they cleared it up because I actually wrote early on he's very flirty with her throughout and they've never had a conversation about whether he's still married what happened to the woman what's his status and we get that crystal of course it's crystal his ex is off quote unquote chasing her musical dreams and i wrote i bet she's in nashville somewhere (laughs) (laughs) chasing that neon rainbow 
chasing Living that, that dream honky-tonk dream <laughs> down on lower broadway right oh yeah. yeah for sure we've probably passed crystal a time or two <laughs> so it's just travis and jazzy holding down the fort back in maine back in maine speaking of jazzy she's 10 years old and she's ready for her first sleepover and dad is freaking out about it right so they drop her very off very overprotective very, very it was cute actually it was cute yeah. and so sarah actually tries to sort of talk him off the ledge about it which i thought was kind of a good little moment there the mayor is having patsy over for dinner and patsy and the girls are all spun up in a tizzy and we get what i think <laughs> is one of the funniest lines in this movie when someone says a necklace is gateway jewelry <laughs> Apparently someone saw the mayor shopping for a piece of jewelry for a necklace and now they think that they're just seconds from getting engaged. So do you consider... having never gone on a date. <laughs> right. Do you consider a necklace gateway jewelry? I mean, I guess mm, it shows a level of adoration at the very least. I'll give you that. So I guess it is kind of an on ramp. I mean maybe a I think it would probably go bracelet necklace ring if i had to guess and rank mm. them so yeah if we skip bracelet and went straight to necklace they're not wrong it is a gateway there you, you don't go. buy necklaces for people just casually usually just just no casual necklace generally there's a sentimentality or a meaning behind it okay there you go mm -hmm. you heard it here first brought to you by jared the galleria of jewelry <laughs> Speaking of shopping, Maybe should, that's what we do. We just start doing ads for things, even though we're not sponsored at all. And right, maybe one day they'll be like, hey, that's pretty good. That was pretty good. We should send them $10. So they go on a shopping trip and lo and behold, I have to say lo and behold in at least every episode, by the way, Jennifer, just so you know, they stumble upon Christmas trivia and they basically have kind of what looks a lot like a pseudo date, the two of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he offers him some girly wisdom, which I thought was kind of a good scene. This is obviously the part in the movie where you're seeing that they both have mutual interest in one another. Yes, they did have great chemistry throughout. I'll give them that. After I the flashback. The flashback, I didn't buy it. But in present day, the chemistry was there, even though it started out creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a tree selection scene because, of course, it is just days before Christmas. And even though Travis plays the role of Father Christmas, they do not yet have a Christmas tree in their home. So apparently one does not just go to a Christmas tree farm in this little main village. They are actually going to go out into the woods and he wears a very large scarf. No, I'm sorry. She wears a very large scarf and he has a very large axe. And so... They're walking through the woods. She almost slips and falls, and he catches her. It's sort of the whoopsie do. Here we go. Light, innocent physical contact, kind of dreamy eye kind of scene, right? And he suddenly reveals out of nowhere that he is now the owner of this totally baller cabin in the middle of the woods, right? Yeah. It was and his uncle's cabin. Yeah. Literally his uncle's cabin that he inherited. And lo and behold he has teed this up as sort of a a writing sesh like an impromptu writing sesh for her and he is going to make a garland for the tree while she writes this had been on lifetime 
kidnapping her, taking her phone, and whisking her away to a cabin in the woods would be much more creepy. Yes, exactly. And would not have ended the way this did. Yes. I mean, because she winds up finishing the book and she realizes and we realize along with her that she is falling hard for travis at this point yeah so and she asks benny her agent to read the book on christmas eve she sends it to him i have to know what you think i have to know maybe exactly. benny's got some obligations and some family stuff going on come on or other clients off. my goodness can't be yeah very come presumptuous on. very presumptuous sarah bear come on and so she suddenly decides that she has got to do kismet cookies and she sees the panel on the wall where the recipe is and maybe just maybe jennifer the recipe's in there and so what does she do she opens the door it's very dramatic and there it is a laminated version of the recipe all pieced together magical we get wind chimes has it been in there the whole time my grandma Mia just immediately taped it back together, stuck it through a laminator, was like, this will come in handy one day. She'll come back for it. She'll come around. One day. One day. Or are we led to believe wonder, it truly is this magic? Oh, where did it come from? One we don't does know. Not know. One does not yeah. know. It's up to you to decide. And so mm-hmm. she makes some kismet cookies. She gives one to Patsy. The agent arrives, loves the manuscript, didn't just call her back, actually traveled to Maine to deliver the news firsthand that the manuscript was killer, maybe better than her first book. Grandma, out of nowhere, kind of reveals she's going to take a job overseas. (laughs) Thank God, because there was all this little subtle buildup of Grandma Mia was kind of trying to pawn off some of her stuff to Sarah. She was packing, she was clearing out things, she didn't know how much she'd be around. And I thought, they're going to kill off Grandma Mia. And I was going to be really upset about it. So thank God she's just going to teach English abroad and she's not dying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what we get here is it kind of gets yada, yada, yada really quickly here at the end. Because we find out that Jazzy stole a couple of the cookies, put a cookie under her dad's pillow, also put one under Sarah's. Lo and behold, they both dreamt of each other. They wake up the next morning on Christmas, realize it, have a moment, and kind of, it's all over. (laughs) Well, there was a fake out, though, because he goes, Travis goes across the street to Grandma Mia's, and they say, oh, she left. Sarah's not here. Well, really, Sarah had taken Benny to the airport, so she was coming back, but he thought, no, I've lost her forever. So I thought that was kind of a little fun fake out. (laughs) Yeah, we did get that. But yes, then they embrace... Did they need the cookie to know that they were in love with each other? I don't think so. They were together exclusively the entire holiday season. Yeah, and very clearly had feelings for one another. So, yeah. Okay, time for our gold or coal segment where we each give three gifts. If it's more gold, it's a doughable. Like adorable, but dough. <laughs> Josh didn't hear this beforehand. He's rolling his eyes at me. If it's more coal, it's the cookie crumbled. And if yeah. it's a tie, it's just a meh, re-Christmas. I like it. I, I am here for the puns. And I am going to start, Jennifer, and give a little bit of gold here. I do think that the chemistry between these two throughout the movie was pretty great. I thought mm-hmm. it was believable. I liked both of these actors, and I thought that they were good leads in this movie. 
Well, that was my first as well. So I will move to my second one and I'll think of something else. My first gold is Sarah Ramos. I enjoyed her a lot in this movie. I thought she was not overly like cliche or cheesy. I thought she did a great job of kind of being more down to earth character and relatable. Yeah. I'm going to give some gold here. I thought that there was just enough reference to magic without it being too much magical, right? I thought it was, there were some elements where you're like, oh, is there magic or is this just the way things go? And it was in the moment pretty believable. Now that we're actually talking about it, <laughs> I think it was probably a little cheesier than I thought, but I'm still going to give it gold. Well, I was going to give it coal because I oh. wish there had been a little bit more magic. Mm. And I don't usually like the magical movies, but if we're living in a world where a magical cookie in a velvet bag exists under our pillow, let's double down. Let's get a little bit more magic involved because I think in the middle of the movie, they don't even mention the cookies anymore. So I think we could have had a little bit more magic sprinkled in maybe in the recipe. Mm. I see you. I see you. My last one is I'm going to give gold, and I think you might disagree with this, but I actually enjoyed the flashback. I thought it had an interesting way of kind of setting up the backstory here where it wasn't just revealed through conversation. I actually liked some of the references and the way they were dressed, and she had a, an annoying number of clips in her hair, which made me chuckle. So <laughs> I did think that there Been was- there, done that. Been there, done that, right? Maybe that's why I didn't like it. It reminded me too much of myself. At that age. It was too real. It hit a nerve. <laughs> How did you get footage of me in middle school or high school? Weird, Hallmark. Um, my last piece of gold, I'm going to give it to Jazzy. I didn't love the name Jazzy, so we'll say Jasmine. But I thought, again, she was a good child actor, and I enjoyed seeing her. I enjoyed her little story and her idea of the book Angel Tree bit. I thought that was all really sweet so bottom line score was five to one we had more gold than coal so overall we think it's worth your time we're going to call it a doable you know jennifer i think that this was a good one will this wind up being one of the best ones for me probably not does it live up to all of the post movie hype i don't know what do you think I saw, like I told you, I saw so much hype for it before I'd watched it. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And I don't know that it lived up to that hype. I don't know that I would sit, make an appointment viewing to watch it again. If it's on, I won't turn the channel though. So it's no. just probably going to end up at the end of the season in the power rankings that we've advertised mm -hmm. be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. But it was good. It was solid. It was a different story for sure. Um, one we hadn't seen before. So I will give them all the credit for that. And that, friends, is another episode of Do You Watch What I Watch? Hey, we want to give a special thanks to Nick Schwartz for our theme song and, of course, to all of you for listening. If you like our podcast, tell a friend. Like us, subscribe. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Do You Watch What I Watch. So give us a follow, leave us a comment, be social with us on social media. And you can also check with us on our website at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com. Next time, we've got a new one from Great American Family coming your way. Yes, this was one of my draft picks, Catering Christmas. The lowdown from IMDb reads as follows. Molly Frost, a struggling new catering business owner, lands on New Hampshire's biggest event of the year. And that's it. <laughs> 
no more. What it said on IMDb. So here we are. We will have much to discuss. And until then, may your days be merry and bright. We'll see you next time. <laughs>